2: I'm your host for this episode, Cameron, and I'm joined by Leonard and Adam. Hi guys, Leonard, how are you doing? It,
0: it's hot. It's uh, California's <laughs> on fire, and it's mm-hmm. exceptionally hot. The last gasp of summer. I did that. It would, in fact, uh, uh, brutalize us on the West Coast of the United States of America. So Mm. I've been sweaty and hot and miserable and cleaning out all of the cat hair from my mobile air conditioner unit. Uh, (laughs)
1: But other than
0: that, I've been good. Adam, how have you been?
1: You know, temperatures here uh, have been more tolerable. But my office that I work in all day, because I work from home, uh, as well as the location from which I record from, is a solid 15 degrees hotter than the rest of the house, no matter what I'm doing. So (laughs) uh, I've just got a a tower fan that's pointed directly at me at all times.
2: Yeah, it's the way to go.
0: (laughs) Well... To not instigate a terrible segue, uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be clumsy. And <laughs> anyway. We are returning to Elden Ring, and there is going to be a region that is not miserable and not Cameron.
2: Yes. What is
0: this region that we
2: are returning to? <laughs> we are returning to the beautiful, sunny, ice-cold mountain tops of the giants, in particular Castle Soul and the the half of the mountain top up towards that that big redhead who's just standing around waiting for someone to talk to. Uh it's not just <laughs> oh, the, the rabbit, it's the fire giant. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, the 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 giant that's like, oh, you'd be kind of okay if you weren't covered in frostbite and mm. Ah, <laughs> <Pat laughs> uh, yeah. The I uh, love the, the, the
1: cutscene where the player character goes up and says, "You have such a beautiful eye."
0: And <laughs> <Right. laughs> the, most, oh, the most beautiful of of eyes because it's the eyes of his entire dead, People. terribly desiccated <laughs> tribe. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Mhm. Mhm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, last time we were out in the ring, we did a we did a general run around of the of the lower half, more or less, of the mountaintop. top. Um, went into a couple little tombs, experienced lots of frozen heroes of Zamor, just sort of walking around. It was a terrible area. Uh, and fire monks, fire monks everywhere. Uh, as far as the eye can see. And then we went across big old frozen lake with um a dragon. Borealis the Frozen Fog. Love that guy. Uh and some really annoying invisible pathways.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh oh, why they yeah. got a curve like that in midair? Huh? <laughs> because because they knew,
0: because they they knew that everyone's expecting a straight path
2: to the goal. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, goodness. Uh but there's more there, there's that death right bird that everyone hates except for Leonard because he adores the design. Um, I love the designer. I just can't. Oh, find they it. look amazing. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, a corvian, uh, a corvid, a corvid, but <laughs> a uh, enemy uh, in the game that's like kind of secret. Yeah, that's
1: mm, that's my jam. I like it. It's, it's like called it. the death bird. Like that's extremely mm. metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, um, it,
0: and it pecks it. A-
2: and does peck at you with its weird bird fetus head. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, however, this playthrough, on my way to Castle Soul, that yeah. guy flew down, and I was just like, absolutely not. Under no <laughs> circumstances am I fighting you.
2: <laughs> no siree. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, and he is indeed on the path to Castle Soul, Uh which is sort of... Tucked into a, a relatively discreet, out of the way-ish corner. It's not the main path of progression here. Uh, but it is this very large, ruined castle. Sort of one of these side areas that's too small to be a legacy dungeon, but too big to be a basic ruin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's mostly important because of a particular item you have to find for an Albinoric side quest. But it has some interesting implications uh, as to who's is inhabiting it and why they are there. Uh, my initial thoughts were that this was just um, just an outpost for Queen Marika's army when they were campaigning through the mountaintops. Uh, but I might be entirely wrong on that, as we'll find out as we sort of talk more about what's actually in here. So you run in the door. And uh, if I'm the first thing I want to say before yeah. we get into the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: castle proper is immediately outside and mm. I want to stress immediately outside there is a mm. wandering mausoleum with a bell. Yep. yep. Uh and it, I I cannot imagine a world where I don't knock that thing down just to <laughs> just to shut it up because the idea of having that thing ringing throughout the entire dungeon would be a nightmare.
0: It's, oh, it's absolutely something I, I I absolutely adore them. I I let them stay till the legacy is done because mm. it's just a little bit of flavor and and reality that exists outside of the hardships that I'm dealing with at the moment. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 a big dumb turtle mausoleum. It, once again, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's from soft. Being it's Miyazaki, uh, like I, I, like let's narrow it down. It's Miyazaki being Miyazakians. Like, mm. what if there was a giant turtle with a bell wandering around outside of your dungeon, and you know, until you shut it up, <laughs> you, you have to listen to that. And I'm like, yeah. That makes the world feel like a thing outside of the area that I'm currently in. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so so Adam took care of it immediately. Leonard left it for as long as possible. I died about four times in Castle Sol and then went to shut it up because it was legitimately distracting me. Is <laughs> <laughs> was that, that one background noise that I couldn't get rid of. I'm like, come oh. on. I need to focus. This is this is a tough area because um, yeah, you run in the door and you are immediately yeah. assaulted by lions and birds and ghosts. Oh my! It kind of never stops <laughs> in this in this uh, ruined castle. Yeah, um, th- this
1: place is tough for sure.
2: <laughs> mm, mm. Uh,
1: you know, I think the the general consensus is that after Lindell, uh, you know, the game really gets a spike in difficulty, and I would say it kind of starts here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like the the earlier parts of the mountaintop are tough, but not insane. And then you get into here, and it's like okay, tracking up a hundred percent, enemy damage up fifty percent, and we'll just throw yeah a couple of lions, a few of the flamethrower birds, some dogs, and um teleporting soldier ghosts.
1: Yeah, teleporting <laughs> soldier ghosts of like really brutal. Banished mm. knights that oh, dual wield swords and have a combination that I think I could generously describe as going on for an eternity.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I used the spirit ash for um that form of the banished knight, banished knight Oleg, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they're they're pretty good on your side as well, but they are way worse to face. <laughs> they just never stop. You yeah, are they
1: are relentless. <laughs>
2: Um and you know, you you can adjust to um to the physical enemies, but it's a lot harder to adjust to the enemies that once you break the immediate threat range of them, they just teleport about five feet behind you and <laughs> get you from the back. Uh although I did see did see a clip of someone using that AI pad to their advantage where they alerted one of the knights and then got up on a on a parapet and faced Inward, so their back was to the cliff and the banished knight teleports into midair behind them and <laughs> falls. <laughs> and apparently ghosts take fall damage in elden ring is the uh is the thing to learn from this
1: <laughs> yeah they'll also drop like armor and equipment the way that mm. ghosts
2: do yeah it, yeah it, it's <laughs> also
0: worth mentioning that there are albinorids at chasm mm. soul as well yes uh the male variant because uh, they're disposable because when fights yes. disappear you don't have to worry about them anymore. <laughs> They've got a really weird time limit, um, and <laughs> I think that's not unintentional because there is the uh, matriarchal aspect to Elden yeah. Ring. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm I because because. Uh, Returning to this area, once again, uh, we're going to inevitably talk about the uh, other half of the mountaintops of the Giants, i.e. the consecrated snowfields, in an upcoming episode. But Mm. the uh, female albinarics are significantly more capable as individuals (laughs) than males. um, Yeah, they are. (laughs) Which kind of just once again, highlights this um, uh, aspect of the matriarchy uh, Mm. in Elden Ring. We've got Queen America as the head of the Golden Order. Uh, We look at the Nox with their uh, underground cities, and most Mm. of the most capable fighters are, in fact, women. Uh I yeah. argue that the uh corpses on the throne crypts are also mm-hmm. women, uh because they once again uh, uh seemingly reference the Albanic women that we'll talk about when we get to concentrated snowfields. Uh and everything else, like we've got the the demi um demi fiends. Demi yeah, humans. Demi-humans. demi-humans. Uh, they're led by the queens, Mm -hmm. uh, multiple queens, yeah, Maggie and multiple queens. And it's just a, hey, can, can this individual produce new life? Then they're the ones that need to be in charge of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh...
2: That that is an interesting philosophical bent in Elden Ring I hadn't massively considered before. But I guess in, in the context of a world where the the leading god's main action was, Hey, we're gonna get rid of death um that focus and veneration of people who can bear life does make a lot of sense. Right. I like that interpretation, yeah. Um, yeah, there there's all sorts going on here and this is the the the, the sore sore and sorry fate of male Albanorix here is that they're used as a mobile alarm system. Um <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, a hanging alarm system for the majority of them. The really oh, yeah. bad ones get the
2: get the uh pudding hood <laughs> mm. they got the That's little albinoric cool. straitjacket they can drag themselves around in right yeah
1: <laughs> they, they remind me very much of the um Thanks. oh i don't know what you call it the uh the patients in mm. uh the bloodborne dlc oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah lots of lots of weird slightly medical feelings in those designs and yeah the, the, the hanging alarm system albinoric when I first encountered that man, I was not prepared. It took I didn't notice it in the dark, walked right by, and then just this ear splitting scream in my headphones. I'm like right. oh. And then and then three banished knights appear around me. I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's Okay, yes, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> that's the
0: worst part about it, because they they prime you but like the developers mm. prime you to not make their screams a thing because mm. if you've gone through um, the uh, castle town in Volcano mm. Manor, yeah. then you've encountered them before, and you've at the very least had to consider black puddings, but you've never <laughs> encountered them um, summoning ghosts to then smash your mm. face in with their yeah. shells and so on. <laughs>
2: Ah, so many wind attacks. Yeah, um, it's kind kind of a kind of a great trick, uh, and then one that you get very annoyed with immediately afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do we want to take a moment and just kind of take a step back and give like a a general impression of like how do we feel about Castle Soul as as an area?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I like it with the caveat of <laughs> I didn't have a great time here because I just have trouble fighting Banished Knights specifically. Apparently, they're my little kryptonite enemy, uh, and so I had a lot of trouble, especially with the the boss here in Castle Soul. But the, the placement of it and the ideas behind it I quite like. Um, and that, that trick with the Alvinoric Alarm is fun. Like you said, it's primed from far earlier in the playthrough for me, where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, these things scream. This isn't a problem, and then it very quickly becomes a problem. Um, it's a good area. It, some bits feel weird, like that elevator. That's kind of pointless. Mhm. Yeah. It's like it just gets you from the top back down to the main thoroughfare, but you don't need that once you've got the grace already up in the upper levels of the of the castles. I'm like, why are we why are we doing this? if I'm remembering correctly, at least. It's been a little while since I've been
0: in there. Um, Yeah, but what about you two? Um, So, I like this area in regards to weird narrative stuff because Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I play these games. Hey, hey, listener, Mm -hmm. surprise, I don't play FromSoft games to be big alpha that (laughs) uh no hit, lady butterfly that's not what i'm here for i'm here for weird fucked up narratives in really well realized worlds and so Mm. castle soul is hey uh um melina melina is that uh i think it's melania Millennia, yeah, okay, uh, hey, this area is deliberately uh tied to millennia um, uh, um, wait, America
2: is God queen, America,
0: okay, and millennia yeah. is the young brother, right yeah okay, what, one of oh. hi America. Blade of Melania. Okay, there we oh, go. Oh gosh. that's <laughs> so all. A of Blade of Makella.
1: Oh, there, there we, we yeah, that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> okay, Makella, yeah. uh,
0: the uh, uh, the weird uh, fetus baby genius mm-hmm. uh, who is yep. basically the guado of Elden Ring, um, <laughs> uh, is 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 incredible, and I think he was. Uh, Making uh, plans to try to resurrect uh, uh, Godwin the Golden, mm-hmm. okay, because yeah. the uh, the uh, mausoleums, the walking mausoleums, are mm. specific. Like gameplay wise, they let you duplicate your remembrances of big bosses. Narrative wise, they are hey, let's give a soul to this thing that does this dead demigod that doesn't have a soul there's literally Mm. only one dead demigod that doesn't have a soul and it's Godwin the Golden so it really feels like hey I made all these things to make my weird gross uh, oyster oyster um, fish half brother not a horrible monster anymore and um it feels like the eclipse that ultimately never happens is a big part of of the filling that because all the uh the headless knights that patrol the areas where um the walking mausoleums are uh hmm. have the uh eclipse crest on their armor okay yeah right and and the eclipse never actually takes place and i feel like that was necessary for uh Mikla to mm. uh achieve this goal of giving godwin his uh, a new soul uh okay. to to break the curse of uh living death
1: that's really interesting i can get behind that so i i tend to not dive super into like um like community lore videos or like get too invested in what other people's theories are uh Mm -hmm. with these games because i like to just kind of go in and like putting the pieces together and speculating is a big part of the fun for me right Mm. uh but for this area i did look up some community theories just because i i really didn't have very much context for, for what we are looking at. And it seems that one of the theories is that Godwin the Golden, who was killed on the Night of Black Knives, mm. it was associated with the sun, similar to how Ronnie and Renala are associated with the moon. And with his assassination, the sun became eclipsed. And so that's why, like, the eclipse is now associated with him alright but hmm. but I, I also don't quite understand what the significance of that is because the sun just doesn't seem terribly important in this world
0: right yeah yeah, I, I, and I that's one of the reasons why I kind of settled in on because uh, depending on time of day you can in fact see the sun it, depending on where you are in in the world, and all of that good stuff. Um, uh, An eclipse is a thing that, once again, never occurs. Uh, It is a Mm. day-night cycle with two moons. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. Once upon a time, three moons, although that moon might have existed underground. Uh, But uh, (laughs) the sun never uh, uh, eclipses in any of the gameplay. And Mm. I think the going going on on your lore theory adam um if Godwin is associated with the sun, then there can be some sort of narrative interest with the sun becoming eclipsed it's it's you're still looking at the moon, you're still looking at the sun, but the sun is in whole, uh and that feels like something. That would um fall in line with a demigod that has uh is living in body and doesn't live in soul his soul has been obliterated, then mm. the eclipse like the eclipse metaphor kind of makes sense,
1: yeah, I could see that, and I've also heard you know uh fan speculation, I don't think it's any kind of real speculation uh or like you know uh substantiated speculation uh was that you know Michaela would be a great target for DLC to expand upon right. so maybe we'll get more about that yeah in the hopefully. future
0: yeah maybe I hope hopefully the 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 Mugwin palace is completely obliterated and then there's this <laughs> uh weird gateway that takes you to the <laughs> DLC because you don't care about finding weird crystal golems that have what happens <laughs> to the anymore.
2: I mean, you know what it's going to be. It's just going to be on one of the random cliff faces in the world behind the shadow of a tree. There's going to be another cave entrance that's just been there all along, we promise.
1: But if you walk down in there, you'll find some DLC teleporting gate. Ooh. I heard that they were going to lock the DLC behind getting enough Korok seeds. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, I don't even play Zelda games, and even I got that reference. I'm
0: a sad, sad video game set. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: man. Uh, Yeah, to to wrap up and give my uh, uh, hot take on this area... I'm I'm a little bit cool on it. Like, I don't mm. uh, actively object to it. But I think that just, like, the density of mm. really tough enemies in this area is, like, a little unbalanced. It, it feels a little bit too easy to run from, like, one, you know, almost mini-boss area enemy yeah. into... And accidentally kite another one, in, and then you're just, you know... Pretty, pretty yeah. tough to get out of that situation, especially when they teleport. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it's not it's not the most hateful area, uh, but I think that it does maybe uh, inc- in the words of Bloodborne, encourage passivity a little bit more yeah. <laughs> than I would like. Mm.
0: Mm. So Cause you're,
1: you're going around and you're trying to do one thing and then all of a sudden a goddamn Hawk shows up and it explodes you with a burst of fire. And it's just like alright.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to say, as far as the difficulty of, of the area goes, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Dark Souls 2. Ooh. It, In it, what way? Uh it is uh what is the um the fortress area that you oh, get teleported yeah. to from the um, resting ground of giants, grave of giants. Mm. Mm. the giants. That area That we with the um, um prisoner. Yeah. Like main yeah. boss fight. Like yeah, the, that uh, area. The yes. Right. Yes, the lost best deal. Uh, yep. that's what this area reminds me of, because yeah, I can considering feel that. how early you can get here, um mm. and you know that's 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 a feature of it of this game being an open world but the 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 level that you can get to this area based on the level of the enemies that you are encountering, it feels like a struggle when you're dealing with one. And it feels impossible when you're dealing with more than one of the high-level And this area yeah. is filled with high-level enemies.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we haven't had an opportunity to hash it out. Uh, I mm. am one of those people who does like Dark Souls 2 quite a lot, but I think that the comparison <laughs> is fair. Uh, what it reminds me of is the Iron Keep, specifically in The Scholar of the First Sin, where there's just like so many tough nights and there are like archers with great bows covering each other and it's very Mm. difficult to like snake a path through them without just like camping out and taking them out one by one very patiently which also uh yeah that's a that's a sticking point in that game
0: that that's actually like uh, we're going to Hey, listener we're going to take a little side path into Dark Souls 2 just for a little bit. (laughs) Just for a
1: little bit. If
0: you really like Dark Souls 2, you you can skip
1: this part. I really like Dark Souls 2, so I'm on your side, listener. Right, and and
0: as somebody that played Dark Souls 2 on release, I don't like Mm -hmm. Dark Souls 2. Um, And I think that's the perspective that we're going to uh, address this as. Um, just because uh it's there the like the enemy placement and the enemy quantity in Dark Souls 2, it, it feels like yeah. desperately unfair for more most of the game. Like the fact that <coughs> there's an air era- in in original non-scholar version of Dark Souls 2, there is like a third level area where you get to a bonfire and you sit down, and if you sit there long enough, somebody's just going to hit you with a crossbow <laughs> while you're sitting at a bonfire. And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, and I know they fixed a lot of that with dark like light scholar person, but that's what I remember from that game. I just remember it. I remember Dark Souls 2 being unfair, and to be honest, I do actually want to revisit it, but I don't want to do Scholar because that's not the thing that I played. So I'm Uh looking to revisit it like straight 360 Day one release of Dark Souls 2.
1: (laughs) I know that that's a specific thing that you value, like you like that original unpatched version, but Mm. Scholar does a lot of really cool things. And
0: and I I believe that, but I, like, just for myself, I need to know that whether or not I was unfair to this game, because I'm totally willing to admit that I was unfair to Dark Souls 2, and, you know, I needed to grow as a person and a video Mm. game consumer to appreciate Mm. what it was doing, but I needed to be as close to my experience with it when I played it in order for me to actually make that judgment, because... You know, Mm -hmm. a better version of the game, and uh, once again, Scholar is a better version of the game, is not the game that I played when I bought it on release and ran through it, like, desperately hoping to like it. And once again, (laughs) the main thing I will say about Dark Souls 2 is I played through Dark Souls 2 on release, not Scholar, Mm -hmm. three times. Oh yeah! Before the it year was up, and I said, I don't like this game, <laughs> but it's still better than 97.3 of the other games that I played this year. So this is yeah, the back of my game of the year. So yeah, I, I, it, it is a fantastic game. It is not what I wanted from a Dark Souls sequel. So mm, yeah, you know, that's fine. And I think that's our five. <laughs> yeah
1: i'll, I'll I'm gonna, just i'm say, gonna throw yeah. one more thing in yeah, yeah, yeah. which is that uh i also played it on release uh mm-hmm. and so it's really fascinating to me to compare and contrast like the original version uh with scholar because i've talked about this before but i really love the process of adaptation and seeing like how one t- group will take something that already exists and then change it or modify it or put their own values into it see what survives the process and see what gets changed you know you can see uh their values in that mm. which i think is really interesting to me yeah. Um and i think that scholar makes a ton of cool and interesting changes both to like environmental storytelling and like uh, uh the way that they change encounter designs and especially mm-hmm. like the exceptional npc invaders which are unmatched in the series and i i don't know why like they're so cool in dark souls 2 and they have not brought them back in a meaningful way but if the thing that bothers you is like unbalanced encounters and like some areas or stretches that feel like Mm -hmm. real bullshit uh, they also kind of double down on that in a way that I don't entirely appreciate. So, yeah, it's, Scholar is still a very uneven experience, but I think it's a more interesting uneven experience. And that's yeah. my that's the end of my take. <laughs> All right, um, I will I will yeah.
0: definitely take that into consideration because I do want to revisit like my least favorite Dark Souls because I you know <laughs> how how
1: long ago was it that the game was released?
2: That's like twenty. 20- the
1: 2014, 2013, 2014? Yeah, right okay,
0: sure. That game deserves a revisit from somebody that was still willing to call it game of the year, but didn't like it that much compared to the first. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's something that I'm more than happy to take into consideration. Uh, yeah, that's uh, fair. Re-examining yeah. it.
2: Yeah. My my Dark Souls two hot take is that between original release and Scholar the first Sea, and I have about twice as much time in that game as all other From Software games combined.
1: Yeah, so, that
0: sounds about right. Actually.
1: Yeah, it's, Weir- it's weirdly it is like a, it, it's it's not my favorite, but it is the one that I go back to the most often.
0: Mm. Yeah, oh, that's same. interesting. Uh, 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 hey, hey listener, to shift it back to Elden Ring. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh Elven Ring is the first FromSoft game that I've played uh, starting from Dark Souls original release uh, mm-hmm. that I have created three alt characters in. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. my main my main character is the one that I uh went unpresented. And then yeah. I decided that I would do a weird Giving Virgil from Devil May Cry <laughs> character, seeing if that would, I can make that work. And hey, guess what? You can. Uh, and then I got bored of that and decided to do a pure arcane, a nearly pure arcade mm. blood build. And I have been having a ball with that. Mm. So, it, going back to Elden Ring, and it's, it's, it, the the number of classes and the oh, class yeah. builds that you get you can get into. Uh, I've done i am I've done Castle Soul three times now, and it's been a different experience based on my build every single time. And I think that's kind of a testament to how the smaller like like because Castle Soul is a, essentially a catacomb, but made into a legacy, legacy dump, Right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a fair perspective. Mm. Uh, fair in right. regards to
1: your uh, mm-hmm. comment about, like, oh, I just love, like, going through with all these different builds and stuff, uh, the, the other thing that I say about Dark, uh, Elden Ring is just like, oh, man, there's so much Dark Souls 2 DNA in this. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. that's a big part of it. It's just like huge build variety and just huge ways to approach it. So I think that's okay. <laughs> I am have think... officially dead talk about Dark Souls 2, but <laughs> just,
0: just real quick, um, I think that's actually the reason why I've been willing to um revisit to because mm-hmm. um of the build variety, and that's something that I've heard for years and years. And I I want a new FromSoft game right now. I want to go to, I want to go to crusty Land right, right now. Um So, uh, the only thing that I have, other than, like, starting a, to play through Bloodborne, is this. And, so, I'm just like, oh man, uh, let me, because I've never done the, the, um build experience with, with these games. There is a build that I use to get through these games, and then when I'm done, I might revisit them for a video, but uh, that my first experience is my only experience with them. And this one makes me want to engage the world, and I think that's part of the um, open-world aspect, because once again, returning to Castle Soul, you might not even be on the path to getting the secret medallion and wander upon Castle Sol. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, similar to getting the, the first half of the medallion, you know, it can be something that you just kind of bump into without any additional context, like... You 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 find the the halves of these medallions, which uh, spoiler lead to the Halig tree. Uh, mm. You know, kind of the optional super,
2: super boss yeah. area, super of boss, the game. super dungeon, <laughs> yeah, super everything. Uh,
1: which is extremely cool. Like, um, mm. you know, the the lore and uh, just the context, the 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 visuals, like everything about that place is really neat. Uh, mm. But it is pretty hidden. Um, you know, it definitely feels a piece with something like the, um, uh, the, I, I, uh, my brain immediately went to Dragon Roost Island and I'm like, that's not it from Dark <laughs> Souls 3, where you have to do like the, yeah. the, the, the gesture to access it or yeah. something like the Painted World, uh, where it's easy to miss and easy to, to pass up unless you're really paying attention.
0: Mm. Uh, but
1: if you are, uh your road will take you here. Uh yes. because the, the second half is at the end of this branch.
2: Yep, and all you gotta do is fight one teeny little boss. It's just not a problem. You just walk in and out, five minutes, you're done. Um it's Commander Neil Oh boy, um this this guy kicked my ass so bad. <laughs>
1: This guy, um, you know, adding to my to my minor list of complaints Mm. is so difficult. He's he's a really challenging fight, Um, Mm. but I have very little context for him. You know, I kind of walked into the fog gate and was like, I don't know who this Mm. guy is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Which is a little bit of a shame. I really like having like that sense of anticipation building up Mm. as you see, like, um, you know, how the area. Uh, yeah. reflects on the person who's kind of in charge of it and he's interesting looking he's fighting with yeah. like frost lightning and he has this prosthetic yeah. leg which he does some yeah. wacky bullshit with mm. um but i didn't really have much of a sense of him as a character or like how he fit into the context
2: yeah yeah well it's it's because he was lifted whole cloth from uh very fantastic game metal gear solid 5 phantom pain uh, this is just Big Boss. I'm not particularly joking about that. Um, in the dis- Nile. Punished Nile, basically. Um, no, in, in the description for the veteran's prosthesis, which when you defeat him, you take his bladed peg leg and strap it to your arm as a fist weapon. Um, yes yeah uh he he's a he's a veteran commander of the castle who to get his men back when they were captured prisoner, gave up his leg to the people holding them and then went on to lead them as an army with no nation. You've secretly been doing the the mother base invasion mechanic from Metal Gear Solid Five going through castle hall uh.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, it's uh, just, just an unaligned mercenary company chilling out in the mountaintop of the Giants.
1: <laughs> banished Knights Without Borders.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would, to be fair, kill to see Kojima do a Metal Gear game just in the Elden Ring setting with all that entails. <laughs> I think it would be absolutely hilarious.
1: But you're still you're still playing as Snake and you still got guns. It's not like this is a sword combat. Oh yeah, game yeah. no,
2: no, no, absolutely. Uh, you hey, know, you're, you... <laughs> hey, hey, here's here's. I'm not gonna say
0: one better can, but here's yeah. something <laughs> achievable by modders. Uh, yeah. What if it's just Death Stranding with the Elden Ring map?
1: Oh, I would kill oh, with for the that. Map? I would oh. kill for that. Oh my god. <laughs> like trying to hoof it around like Volcano Manor and stuff? Like,
2: yeah, I, that's what that, I mean. That's how to improve Death Stranding. Like, there's already hostile terrain, but get areas where the floor randomly explodes from volcanic activity. Get areas where there's frogs chasing you with deadly breath. Oh, that would be so good. I yeah, want to play yeah. that have a
1: baby <laughs> strapped to your chest that cries if a hawk with swords for legs comes close.
0: Hey, hey, and guess what? All you need to do just to make a DLC is mm. a Sam gets sucked up into a vortex in the sky yeah. that has whales yeah. and fish and nonsense. And then you're in the lands
1: between.
2: Ta-da. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> minimal explanation is required.
2: I would believe it as canon. <laughs> oh man, I would kill to to play
0: Death Stranding I mean, on the Elden Ring map. Like, that I mean, sounds listen. like so much fun. Genuinely, the, the, yes, yeah.
2: Yeah, golden sea creatures that are the mysterious source of the strange power afflicting the lands, golden hands that just appear everywhere. It is an Elden Ring setting game, clearly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, it's a... Uh, what is it? The, uh, the Tree Spirits? What are they called?
2: Yeah. they're uh, the, the Tree Avatars? Spirits. No, no, yeah. not
0: the... the... Weird worm ones that are ulcerated yeah, ones of man yeah. from dark souls 3. yeah
2: oh man the um the 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 frenzied flame acceptance cutscene, but it's just a big b t hand that covers in oil <laughs> instead of fire
0: <laughs> the, the, the the run up to the frenzy flame tower by the left. Oh. <laughs> but you're Sam with BB. <laughs>
1: You're, it's exactly the same and you're going through the capital of Lindell and you have to fight, you know, Omen King and Morgot, but you've got your dead mom strapped to your back. So your yeah. dead
2: mom strapped to your back and you've got a rope made out of your own blood and piss. Oh. <laughs> you've you've
1: got to make
0: sure that when Morgoth vomits in phase two, at the start of phase two, you throw a blood grenade directly into his mouth. <laughs>
2: Oh, this is a good no, video I'm, game. That's a good video game idea. Just, yeah, just fantasy Death Stranding. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Oh, man. It's so good. You just the Audience, you just heard me
0: last snort, so that's a good <laughs> video game idea. Yeah.
2: Sam, we need you to deliver these Shabriri grapes to the maiden quickly <laughs> before they get cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also want her to ask you what they are when you get there as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. She starts like vomiting her guts out, you know, she's just like, oh you, that's the gross blah but, fourteen likes.
0: But you, yeah, you only see yeah, right, you you, right. If you give her if you lie to her, you get more likes, but if you tell her the truth, you get less likes.
1: <laughs> Truly, gaming Citizen Kane has arrived. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry okay. to no. you.
0: <laughs> Wildly brilliant idea. Hey, moderns, just take it. I don't yeah. care. Just it's
2: yours. Yeah, it. As long I as I can play it.
0: Into existence. My words. Uh, go. Have it. Make it. Be <sighs> Stranding in
1: Elden Ring. <laughs> Uh, this, oh, yeah. The world's second strand type game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. do we want to yeah. do we want to talk about Commander Nile as a as an actual boss fight?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a mean boss. I hate him. <laughs> um, I,
1: I was yeah, over yeah.
0: I was over leveled
2: for the legacy dungeon, and I was
0: still under leveled for Neil the first time. Oh yeah. In yeah. my first, I was just like, I what are you doing? like no yeah. you you yeah. Don't kill, you don't kill me like this no <laughs> one in this game kills me like this and this is beginning to become a problem and nothing has mm. been a problem for like the last 25 hours and I don't <laughs> appreciate it
1: to the table. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you you enter the boss room mm-hmm. and he's standing there and he's um one of the knight commanders with the giant banner. And yep. the first thing he does is that he waves it and summons two banished knights. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> because, you know, uh it's not enough on its own.
2: No, it's not. It's, um, it's absolutely not.
1: It it uh, does feel to me like he uh gets more aggressive once you kill the knights. Oh. Because yeah. like um, I usually have enough room to like to deal with them before I hmm. turn my attention. Yeah, because um, um, but... he, he he actually has two
2: phases, but phase two starts at half health or when you kill the two knights, whichever comes first. Oof. So...
1: Maybe um, that was my problem, is that I would always go for the knights before
2: well, cause, targeting cause the trick tricky 'cause Because the trick is, if you target him directly and get him to phase two, his phase two involves him banishing the banished knights in order to power himself up, essentially. Oh. So... I, I guess the context is maybe he's summoning them and that takes some level of concentration or power and then he gets more aggressive and does more of the lightning stuff when they're gone um, but the, yeah the trick is you can ignore them and just fight him uh, good luck I I won this fight, I'm not ashamed to admit by uh, searching for a summon sign that looked like they were a mage build and then standing <laughs> in front of them with a shield <laughs> while they laser-beamed him to death <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine doing this without spirit ashes at the very least. Yeah. Um, although I was not able to find one that like really was effective because mm. um you know, he's got his his spear and he does regular attacks, but he also is constantly spinning it around, creating these mm. huge frostbite whirlwinds which are yeah, you know, inflicting not only the frostbite status effect, but also cold damage. And then he yeah. also pivots to, to lightning. He imbues his prosthesis with lightning.
0: Yeah. So, so sure as a result,
1: that. he's just doing a lot of <laughs> elemental damage, which made mm. um, you know, kind of my go-to Spirit Ash uh for this playthrough was the, the five little Great Shield guys. Oh uh, yeah. But and and those guys are great.
0: Thing. Yeah. But
1: um but these huge elemental AoEs were just like able to knock them out real Mm. quick
2: yeah true right throne yeah um he's he's a tricky fight i fought him again on another character that i was more more experienced in dealing with faster moving enemies like this because my initial playthrough was a big heavy strength faith build Mm Then i went through with it with a dex in build and i had an easier time just because my attacks were faster so i was doing Less damage, but I was able to get in, attack, and still dodge. Whereas with my halberd or colossal greatsword, I'd be: I'm going to run in, I'm going to try and hit him once, and halfway through the animation, he's going to spear kick me in the face. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's very cool. I wish his arena was like thirty percent larger.
1: Yeah, um, this guy is shockingly mobile, like for mm. his size. For an old man and... with one leg. <laughs> yeah um for his size and like his expected reach like you're like Mm -hmm. okay i kind of know how far away from him i should be and then he does his you know crazy cyclone and then he sprints all the way across the the map with a a giant spear thrust and then he jumps 30 (laughs) feet into the air and then impacts you in a aoe of lightning which like i i have never been able to get far away from that to avoid it just by distance Mm. i always have to roll through that
0: Uh, uh, yeah i've never been able to roll through it i can it's tough i cannot get the timing of it's maybe one of the only timings in the game that i have teflon off of every single fight i'm like yeah yeah if he does it i'm just gonna get hit because i don't know the timing on it it's it's amazing. It's it's one of my favorite attacks in in a Souls game, just because it's a kind of ridiculous and B. I'm bad at at avoiding it, so I'm just like that's that's real pretty with that lightning and that frost. That's mm, gonna hit me yeah. right in the faces, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also just going to mention that. At this point in the game, when I was dying to bosses, um, mm. it was almost exclusively because I wasn't finding like the openings and I would get sloppy and, you know, uh, a boss would kill me while I'm trying to attempt to heal or or something of that sort. Uh, this is the first boss in a long time where I would just straight up run out of Estus. Mm. Um Where where you know either through chip damage or something else, like it became a war of attrition that I just didn't have the resources to power through, rather Uh, than simply being one about discipline of of I don't know you know the the rhythm of combat. Yeah, Uh,
0: I I will agree. Um, I will agree with that because once again on my very first run, yeah, I, I was finding that I was. Between me not being able to dodge that phase two attack, I was just running out of heals, And it was, it, it, I wasn't good enough. I I think it was it, it that, and, you know, uh, hey, it's embarrassing to admit, but it was one of the first fights in a really long time playing the game where I was like,
1: oh, I'm just not mechanically good enough to beat this. Yeah of which like I feel there are a couple in in Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a tough game and especially because Leonard you usually play offline. So mm-hmm. you're you're not even summoning people to to give you a hand, which I'm pretty sure is how I beat him the mm-hmm. first time okay. as well. Uh similar to Cameron. Like
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: this this was a boss that I did not feel bad about summoning help for.
0: Oh yeah, I, I was more than happy. Like Spirit Ashes are a gameplay mechanic. I'm gonna play around with them. Oh, nice. I played with the mm-hmm. the demi human pack. I played with uh the um what is it, the battle mage with the big hammer who was my yeah. favorite for like <laughs> twenty hours. And then I, and mm-hmm. then I gave into the dark side and it was just like, you know what the best player is? It's just me. It's another me, mimic tier. Only mimic tear from Iran. <laughs> and guess what? It 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 was in fact the best <laughs> summon that I could hope for any given situation. So don't be ashamed mm. to use Mimic Tear. It's there. Because the developer said, Hey, you know what's better than one? Two. Yeah, it's in the yeah. game. Not an accident. <laughs> Cool. Do we have any more thoughts on uh, Commander Nile?
2: I think that about wraps it up uh, for Commander Nile, but we've still got to talk about the rest of the mountaintops of the Giant. Yeah. So plenty to talk about. Um, So, so far it's been a standard mountain experience. There's been cliffs, there's been views, there's been a lot of snow. Uh, And as you get up to the, the upper half, suddenly there's a lot of trees and especially a lot of trees growing out of enormous corpses of giants. Um, this is, yeah, it's like it's like the permanent graveyard of uh, America's war against the giants, and it starts getting pretty eerie.
0: Yeah. So we'll.
1: Yeah, I jumping ahead a little bit, mm, um, mm. you know, these giant corpses, <laughs> I didn't quite realize what I was looking at until mm. I reached phase two of the fire giant boss. And yeah. then, like, it was really great to, like, go back and just be like, oh, yeah, look at them. They got the little faces mm. uh, because the fire giants in this game have. An additional giant cyclops face on their tummy. <laughs> which is a really interesting uh, design choice. But then I also was able to go back and realize that the fire monks who are uh, in the earlier part of the area, also their breastplate Mm. uh, bears the same uh, kind of image. And just, so just like seeing this motif and seeing how like it was reflected in culture and armor and, you know, uh, kind of perpetuated in multiple different ways uh, was really Mm. cool. And like seeing all of these corpses um was definitely a big part of that,
0: mm.
2: yeah, it um really starts setting the stage for what you're going to encounter at the end, which you know, um you don't know for certain there's a giant coming up, but you certainly get the um get the feeling that they definitely used to live here, uh and man, yeah, um it's. It feels very lonely up here. It's sort of darker in general compared to the rest of the mountaintop, which feels a little weird. It's, it's essentially high enough that the light of the earth tree is not always falling directly down onto it. Um, and, it yeah, it feels lonely. There's basically nothing up here except the occasional very hairy troll and the roaming hands. Um, otherwise, it's Abandoned. It's dead. It's quiet. Um. It's yeah. <clears throat> I said I said eerie earlier, and I think that's the best word for me to describe it at least. It, it's off-putting.
0: So an area. I I want to point out that they're aside from the weird bright art hands, which is mm. what they they are. I'm not saying visually, but like they yeah. they're covered. Ever-regenerating Snake Man. Um, we also get, like, the freak dogs from Kaled, uh mm-hmm. and, and the gross crows from Khaled. And yeah. one of the things that I thought about coming back here is, like, oh, this is an area that's kind of, like, locked in time. Uh, Being more mm-hmm. the Erd Tree uh, and, and the Golden Order was established like, before the war with the fire giant, which seems to be, like, the first thing on, uh, uh, um, the the, the, theocracy that is uh, (laughs) (laughs) the religion of Elden Ring. Um, mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, the weird dogs, they're not new, they're not original, like, they're associated with rot, but there's nothing here to indicate that rot doesn't exist. Like, this is before the attempt to establish order. Like, this is this yeah. the age of the crucible. The, the tree that became came the Elden Ring. Like, when everything, like, the misbegotten, they, they once were venerated, and now they're malign. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, none of this is new, none of this is original, which is kind of a theme from soft games, um, yeah, really. Uh, and I think it like that aspect of this is really highlighted because it's all of the weird things from different regions that you've seen kind of co-mingling and coexisting with each other naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is the way that it used to be. Like, I'm only seeing part of the picture, but all of these different individual pieces, yeah yeah, like-
1: i I don't know if you guys share this feeling, but like, um, kind of the sense I get is that you know they brought the war here, they brought the war to the fire giants, mm-hmm. and while they have a couple of like military outposts, it isn't colonized in the same way that yeah. the other areas are you know yeah it, it yeah. remain it retains much more of its um l- let's say old identity mm-hmm. than um than other places like America's reach here is limited
0: mm. it's green it's like fresh and new like this is this is the starting point
1: mm. Mm. uh but it could also be that you know uh, maybe the interpretation is more that it's like arrested, you know, that it's uh, frozen, you know, both literally
0: and metaphorically, right? Uh-oh. So
1: I don't yeah. know. I, I I'm interested to hear more theories about like how this fits into the to the gr- to the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. So, um, do, do we yeah. want to talk about the uh, fire giant? We do. Um, this let's is uh, yeah.
1: Let's let's talk about the the run up to him because yeah, true. The the geography that like immediately leads, leads up to them
0: is mm. is pretty cool to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh. You can see up in the distance this giant it's it's a bowl there's this this um obviously artificial smooth curved shape sort of built into the very peak of the mountain um and you can see that it's sort of this mountain peak is cracked and separated from the rest of the mountain top by this ravine, basically uh and the only way to cross is via a couple of enormous chains that are literally holding the mountain top together um which which is really wild um you can get a you can get a pretty good look at it with um there's a jump pad near uh, near a nearby grace that you can sort of get a nice overview as you spring up and over an enormous skull buried into the mountainside um, yeah yeah, it's 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 some wild end of the world imagery going on, and it it does again. It's got that that lonely, eerie feeling, and now it's sort of coming literally to a peak. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's also geometry wise, you know, it's definitely a boss arena, but they they let you feel it out for for a few seconds there. You you know, you go through a crack in this surrounding cliff wall. And a gate doesn't immediately spring up. You're not immediately locked in as far as you can tell. You sort of walk forward and just through the tree line, you can see this hint of red and then it starts moving and the music kicks up and the boss name springs up like, oh, that's, that's a real giant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The arena that, uh, Mm. that this fight in is, uh, contender for like the largest, single boss arena in the series. Mm. I think the only thing oh, that you. compares with it is is probably the fight with Gale. Yeah. Um. Mm. Because, yeah, like, when I first crossed that area, I was like, oh, this is still the lead up to the boss arena. And, like, I, I was surprised that mm. I stumbled into it just because, like, y- you know, a boss arena kind of has a look. It has a, yeah. a kind of size and a scale that you're used mm. to. And this is just such a wide open field that it really uh, did catch me off guard.
0: Mm. I I think the other interesting aspect is this is one of the few major boss fights. Like you know, we you we've got the tree sentinel like right out the gate, but like an actual boss fight where you can use torrent like Radon is the only yes. other one that I can think of, and I think. That is kind of important to understanding, like, how this boss fight works mechanically. Because you can uh, uh, de- uh, uh, roll through that um, snow dish storm shockwave attack that he does that covers mm-hmm. the entire arena with his yeah. roll. But if you're on a horse, you can you can dodge that significantly easier. And I think Mm -hmm. that, like, understanding the actual mechanics and realizing that you can ride your horse during it kind of adds a lot of grandeur and spectacle to this fight.
1: Yeah, the the added mobility. You know, this is not a fight that I I fight on horseback, Mm -hmm. but being able Mm -hmm. to transition on and off torrent to um, maneuver, uh, especially out of the way of some of his, like, Attacks that have such huge area like that, um, mm. that attack that you just described where he slams his giant bowl of fire because we, we didn't mention it, but he's also carrying this enormous brazier, mm. um, that he uses as a weapon. Very similar to father Ariandel, yes. actually. Yeah. Um, but he'll slam it down and create this shockwave of snow that like basically goes across the entire arena mm-hmm. and you have to, um, get out of the way, or the trick that I found was if I knew I was going to get caught in it, I would jump off of torrent uh, as the, the snow was coming towards me, and kind of yeah. use that to, to vault over it. Because I think you get iframes as yeah. you jump off of it. You oh, do. yeah. yeah. And, like, and that's a I'm, pretty I'm, swag move. I'm, I'm
0: not ashamed of using iframes, I love it. Oh so yeah! I'm like, oh yeah! Give me all those mechanics, all those weird mechanics that I have to actively try to engage with in order to uh, to not take damage in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you guys have any um, strategies for dealing with this this first phase of the fire giant? Um. um... If we didn't paint I, yeah. an adequate word picture, uh, the Fire yeah. Giant stands mm. conservatively 100 feet tall. Yes. Um, Feels about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just about the biggest boss that's ever been in a FromSoft game. I think only rivaled mm. by like maybe the Storm King. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're definitely engaging it much closer and much more personally than a lot mm. of these other spectacle bosses. Um, yeah standing huge with a mane of flaming red hair um flaming mm. not being a metaphor no. uh, like <laughs> uh looks incredible like uh as a spectacle and uh carrying that brazier, and also kind of uh, a notable part of his design is he has this um mm. what would you call it like a wooden bracer around one of his ankles?
2: Uh, it's not wood. It is a, another giant thigh bone. I'm pretty sure. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. That's right. Just
2: tied with a braid of his own hair, which I I love the do-it-yourself <laughs> um, spirit he's got going on here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. He's he's a really cool
2: design, and I've. I really enjoyed fighting him. I've watched a lot of people not enjoy fighting him because they seem not to take in visually um, all the information there. Because that, that braced leg, which he limps around on pretty heavily, is his initial weak point. Um, mm-hmm. You'll do normal damage there, and you'll do like 15% damage if you hit him anywhere else, it feels like. Um and uh it's it's important to focus the leg down. Uh it's the traditional From Software giant monster fight, but they've encoded it into the actual mechanics now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh that makes me curious now. Is it possible to defeat the fire giant by doing damage to other parts of his body? Would that prevent is, his it, phase transition?
2: Um, it doesn't prevent the phase transition. Uh it just makes it seem less like correct. Like the, right. the phase transition makes sense if you've been wailing away at one of his legs this entire time, and then I've watched someone wail away at literally just the other leg the entire time, and then get confused when the left leg breaks in the cutscene.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: so yeah. Uh. Mm. You You're fighting him. He's constantly rolling around. Constantly <laughs> doing, like... <laughs> Little mm. somersaults, and he's, he's so oh, cute. He's, he's so, so cute when he does his little roll out of the way, his little dodge roll,
0: which is a do- giant dodge roll. And you're like, oh, do I look that goofy when I roll up the way from like a big boss attack? Because that's what it kind of feels like.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some great footage where he gets stuck in that loop, and the player takes <laughs> a single step forwards and he just rolls, you know, 50 meters off to one side, and you turn around, you take one step forward, he rolls back the other way.
0: Don't look (laughs) at me, I'm shy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so Mm. you uh, fight with him. He's mostly doing melee attacks at this point. He's got a couple of fire uh, mm. attacks that he also does where he's conjuring flames and throwing them, uh, but he's mostly doing melee attacks or trying to hit you with his big, uh, brazier or, mm. you know, uh, throwing snow at you in that way. But, yeah. uh, eventually you wail on his one ankle, which, uh, again, he's kind of hobbling on. It's clearly wounded. Mm. And, um, when you do that, you're able to transition into the second phase where you see, um, his ankle like snap in a mm. pretty gnarly. Oh, uh, animation. Yeah. Uh, and he falls down and the fire giant, like bellows with pain, reaches down and then using the fire, like severs his own leg. Yeah. And then holds it up aloft burning it uh, seemingly as a sacrifice to imbue himself with mm. more power. Uh, and yes. then the central eye on his stomach opens, kind of revealing this element of the design that has been there all along, but like throwing mm. it into sharp relief that he has this this face in the center. And yeah. the eye that opens, I mean, how would you even describe it? It's really wild looking. Like it's got um, these swirling oh what was it viruses
2: yeah it's like looking at jupiter's magnetic field through a particular spectrum of telescopes someone on the Elden ring subreddit um because this shot was in of the eye specifically opening was in one of the trailers went hey this really looks like this shot from from a planet like magnetic field or whatever it's like space and the, the answer is actually space um yeah, it's it's a central pupil and the, the iris is swirling flame and there are like seven other smaller pupils circling around the main central pupil. Um, it, It's wild. I, Look I'm, at it.
0: I'm such a sucker that when I saw that I was like, and I don't even like <laughs> But <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a Shurangan. And I was like, why yeah. do I even know that? Why do why <laughs> I never watched an episode of that show? Why do I even know that that is a thing? But that's mm. what that looks like, and it, it, I'm every single time that that cutscene plays, I'm like, oh, that's a shrine again, and I'm like, oh, goddamn it. Mm. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this is a really cool feature, and it's really interesting. Again, when we sort of tap into mostly item descriptions and things, you don't get a whole lot direct here. Um, because throughout Elden Ring, we've understood that there is the greater will, which is this, this power above God, because Marika is the God of the Lands Between, and the greater will is what sort of empowered her and placed her in power. But yeah. there are, there are hints and there are secrets you can find emissaries of these other outer forces, these outer gods. Um, for example, Moog is the Lord of Blood, he's he's in direct service to this this unseen um bloody mother or something the like that. The formless mother, yeah. Um, there is the the flame of frenzy, which I'm not hundred percent sure on exactly what's going on with that, whether it's like this this conscious outer force or if it's just a natural burning of everything. Uh but then there is the fell god which is the the outer god of the fire giants. And this this scene is specifically the fell god sorta of coming and empowering and inhabiting the remaining last giant to defend the uh the fire that it's left here at the top of the peak. The the, the flame here is sort of like its urge tree. That makes yes. sense. It's it's its way to connect and bring and spread its power throughout the lands between uh, which is why America and the Golden Order went to war against the Fire Giants, because it's literally an opposing deific force uh, trying to grab what they consider to be their land. Um, and, yeah, this this is God coming down and going, oh yeah, we should probably deal with, with this Golden Order lackey coming, coming up our mountain.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. something that I think is really interesting about this, which is I don't think the herb tree taking the shape of the tree was an accident. And no. when you, you think about nature in general, you're like, hey, what burns wood? Oh, fire? But yeah, it let's is- get rid of that like, immediately yeah. because... Absolutely. And right. Because, like, even and it, the, I think this, like, concept even extends to, like, the main game because all of the forms of death look like fire like you've Mm. got Destin Death which is red flame you've got Ghost Flame which is like this pale white bluish black flame Mm. you've got the Godskin Flame and they're all just variations of death but they're all portrayed as fire and it's like Mm. oh yeah because this is in direct opposition to the status quo that the Ur tree and the Golden Order is trying to be Mm. yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I, I think you kind of really touched on it where it's like, you know, th- the story of Elden Ring functionally um, has a lot of Bloodborne DNA in that it is like the world is this proxy war for mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. for these great ones, for these Outer Gods. Um, and so, like, the Fire Giant is kind of the last holdout for th- this... Outer oh, God yeah. that's that's time has passed. Mm-hmm. Like this is the the last remains of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Like there there are human worshipers of the giant's fire out there. That's what the fire monks are up to. But yeah. they don't have that same level of connection to the fell god itself. Like there there's one guy out there who knows how to use the incantation flame of the fell god and they locked him away immediately in a never <laughs> jail. <laughs> that guy, no, um, down he goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it it is um sort of the first, if, if you're running the main story, like the, the basic way you go through, you running through this is like, you've done a bit of side exploring here and there. This is the first real outer force that isn't the greater will that you're more directly interacting with.
1: Yeah, um, I would agree. If, if
2: you, yeah, if and I think done... the
1: only other one that's on the critical path as well. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you can get some stuff with Formless Mother if you go do the the Mogwin Dynasty quest stuff before this. Um, there's stuff with the Flame of Frenzy if you follow that path before this. But this is, yeah, the direct critical path, other outer influence. So you're always introduced to at least one opposing Viewpoint to the Golden Order, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um if you're if you're completionist like many of us are you will have seen a lot more, obviously. Um
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah. yeah. Uh
1: so um so phase two of the Fire Giant fight. Uh yes. he's now removed his leg. He
2: mm-hmm. now
1: exclusively moves by rolling around like a dipshit, which yep. I really like. <laughs> um <laughs> And the the face yeah. on his stomach um, is now like alive and moving. Not just the eye, but the mouth, mm. and the mouth is oh, constantly spewing fire. Yeah, um,
2: the start of this phase is incredible because there, there's that cutscene you're placed a little while back. He takes damage from the cutscene uh, when he removes cool. his leg. He actually does take damage to the boss life bar, um, and then. Yeah, he's kneeling there sort of back in reverence and then you see that enormous eye on the chest swivel and it locks onto you. And then he just leans back into a yoga pose and starts vomiting out like meteorites <laughs> of fire. Yeah. And it's the wildest thing. It It is beautiful and terrifying and phase two is a bit of a nightmare. Um, yeah, so the- many AoEs.
1: The attack where he's like bending over backwards and the stomach mm. on his mouth is just spewing like a volcano
0: yeah. into the air like looks oh, man. really incredible uh, it's <laughs> mm. uh
2: yeah, um, and yeah. yeah, then it's wall fire all the time, no more hitting you with the bowl, uh no more swipes with the hands, it's shooting fireballs, shooting out the tracking fireballs. Doing the, um, the, the chaos flame bursts that pile up out of the ground. And yeah, vomiting flames either directly down onto the ground as an AOE or up into the air as that volcano kind of explosion become all his moves. Uh, and the yeah. weak points have switched to his wrists, which you can tell because that it's areas where the skin has been sort of seared off and the, the rotting yeah. flesh is exposed underneath. Um, they're way and, and the, to the, the transition cutscene
1: draws focus to that, so like yeah, it, it yeah. wants to bring your attention there.
2: Yeah, right. they 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 want you to at least have it figured out for the second half. <laughs> uh,
1: I I will say that the one melee attack that he has left in phase two, mm. uh, is that he'll do the people's elbow. Yes. Like he'll just like <laughs> rear up and then just like elbow slam the ground, which also like another one of the Zelden ring goofy little touches that I, that oh, yeah. I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you focus on them, uh, try to aim for the wrists as much as possible, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, take him down however you can and eventually yeah. he'll fall. And then, uh, you can make your way up the, the gigantic chain to the, the bowl at the top, the, uh, Mm. I wanted to say crucible, but that's a proper noun in this game. Yeah. So let's yes. say the uh, the giant brazier. Uh, just just mm. call it what it is. It's the forward vessel. It is <laughs> it's it's an extraordinary board vessel.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah, let you me. teleport
1: like you won't believe. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, that's true. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I
2: yeah.
0: said <laughs> yeah. Actually, it'll let you teleport <laughs> to a place that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to get to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Real
1: quick before we get into the the main thing, mm. yes. I FromSoft has done this a couple times. I love traveling up a gigantic chain. Oh, um, it's so
2: good. I just this, like the start of the Iron King DLC. Yeah,
1: Broom Tower has Broom Tower that amazing so vista. Um, yeah, I, I don't know something <laughs> not about the, just not like Dark Souls Two again. <laughs> I know. It's, there's so much Dark Souls Two DNA in this game. Like it,
0: it, it's unironically. Made me once again that this is like seeing all the stuff that I didn't like in Dark Souls 2, like executed mm-hmm. in a way that I like. Like, I'm willing to admit that, like, there is a ton of Dark Souls 2 DNA in, in Elden Ring, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why I really want to go back and re examine mm-hmm. it. Because I'm just like, did I actually, was I just not mature enough to appreciate what this game is doing <laughs> mm, at yeah. the time, and I'm will, completely willing to like make that um, decision as a 40-year-old man uh, oh, playing good. Dark Souls 2. So, it, yeah, mm. it's, it's, the fact that there is so much of that game in this game really makes me want to like Dark Souls 2. Connor.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous, and um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here. This is sort of like it's the pre- climax of the game. Like everything has been, in terms of literal geometry, building to this height. Um, this is <laughs> this is the this is basically the tallest point you get to in the game. Um, you come up, you traverse the the rim of this bowl, which is named the Forge of the Fire Giants. It doesn't look like they could forge anything in there, but hey. Um, it's got a pile of barely flickering coals sort of heaped in the center of it. This is, again, sort of the... I, I, I imagine before the Golden Order was fully established here, this would be like a big blazing beacon of light filled with burning fire, but with one giant left and now just dead. Um, <laughs> to tend to it, it's sort of died down over the centuries, millennia, however long it's been. Um Yeah, and you, you get to a grace and, uh, Melina appears and says, Hey, um, you ready to burn the ur tree? Cool. Um, just hold my hand for a second. We'll do this together. And she knocks you out (laughs) so she can do it herself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, just for your safety, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. We'll get you down there and then just completely forces you to pass out and you get to watch the little cutscene, uh, where she, Essentially, what I'm assuming is like um Encants to the fell God and says, "Hey, it's time for the earth tree to burn down, and oh, you've been waiting for this let let me channel the power of this forge through me, and the earth tree shall burn and it does uh it does indeed catch a light, and Melina begins to burn away, and the last thing is that you know fire shall reveal the path forwards and you get teleported away in a beam of fire, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's open to interpretation exactly what's going on here. Like, is Melanor guiding the flame to get you to where you need to go? Is the fell God itself going like, hey, okay, these guys are actually alright, my bad. Let's get them where they need to go to get rid of the Ur tree. <laughs> um, finally, someone's doing something about it. Uh, is it something else going on? We're not one hundred percent sure, um, but you wake up in the middle of a hurricane in the sky, and we do actually get a floating sky temple, which I didn't get the preview for this um that exists in in game, so I was really surprised and really excited to get to farrah <laughs> uh
1: it it looks amazing it mm. uh you know feels like a pastiche of some other Uh, areas. You know, it's got a little bit of Arch Dragon Peak. Mm. Uh, It's got a little bit of the uh, also the dragon area from Dark Souls 2.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Dragonary, that's the one. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But yeah, just surrounded in these um, incredible looking swirling storms as you're like basically in the eye of a hurricane. And if you do the Mm. thing that I do, which is Immediately check the map to go. Where the hell am I? You are once again just like oh, every time. You can't time. keep doing this.
2: Yeah, they just throw you like another few kilometers out from the <laughs> eastern edge of the map and be like, "You're here now." And you're like, "Okay, I guess this is their explanation why you couldn't. <laughs> it's it, it's it's their explanation for why you couldn't see it with a telescope. Is <laughs> it's, it's way out there beyond the draw distance? It's, yeah.
0: it's literally out. Beyond the edge of the world, because there are yeah. the weird waterfalls that lead to nowhere, mm-hmm. even though the map says yep. it's the sea. And it's like, oh, yeah. is literally
2: outside of the map, outside of time. Is that how? <laughs> um, it kind of is. <laughs> right? um, we'll we'll get more into it when we cover Pharamisola in its own episode. But like the storm here is a storm outside of time. Right. Uh, as we as we see with a particular side quest. Um, that requires you to be at a different point in time to use a particular item that's broken in the present but was fine at another point in time. So come to this place that's in between and outside of all time. To use it. it's the end of
0: Bioshock Infinite. Yeah
2: yeah basically
0: <laughs>
2: if you just turned a little to the left you'd see um the tarnished drowning themselves
0: no oh, wait. no 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 it's,
2: it's the, uh, the finger
0: maiden that it's yes. four versions of her all drowning you
2: yeah all drowning the tarnished perfect you see,
1: you see different versions of t- the tarnished writing a message that says try jumping and then other versions of him jumping off <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, the infinite tarnished theory. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um the the last thing that I want to say about um mm. the the cutscene at the end because yeah. Melina uh catches fire and burns as part of that and and that's mm. the end of of your, you know, uh stand-in yeah. maiden. Yeah. Um However, uh in the previous episode there was mm. talk about meeting um the this i don't know avatar of Shibiri, yes. who says like, "Hey, it would suck if she died, right? You don't want her to mm. die well, yep. I've yep. got an alternative path, which is um of course the path of the frenzied flame, where mm. uh you can do it your own damn self uh, yeah she, however, is not thrilled about this idea, nope. <laughs> no no. She it's immediately abandons car. you the first time you sit down after giving the the frenzy
0: flame. she's like, "Yeah, no, this isn't <laughs> I signed up for
1: Bye. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for saving my life. I will now dedicate it to destroying you
2: essentially i mean from from her perspective, you're trying to destroy the world just to save her, which she's not into
1: um yeah. Uh and I'm glad that she so thoroughly rejects it. You know, there's no ambiguity to it. She's this just like this is a
2: bad path that you have chosen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, you can absolutely do it your dang self. Um the the same thing essentially happens. You you get set on fire this time. The ur tree lights on fire and then you teleport away in a blaze of light. Uh but yeah, there there are there are alternate paths there. Um, which even again link into Farah Mazula because you can you can do it your dang self and then not burn the world to pieces uh, with the correct with the correct order of operations, which feels weird but is technically the way to save Melina and still get a not not apocalypse ending. Yes, she yes. She doesn't acknowledge I, it. I, but... I, 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 I was <laughs> going to say that it really actually bums me out that there
0: isn't a. Separate secret ending for mm. for this because uh, a lot of completionist people like me are going to do yeah. <laughs> are going to damn themselves and then get you know atone for it. So the fact that there is a uh, a secret ending for for damning themselves but not for mm. atoning really kind of bums me out. Maybe they'll they'll add it in in whatever. DLCs coming out
1: in this game. At least for yeah. that, That's a really good point. I hadn't considered that as like... Because I, I kind of didn't really consider, you know, saving Melina as, I don't know, a meaningful motivation right uh, mm. up until this point. But if you wanted to do that and if you, you know, kind of moved heaven and earth to mm. do that, like it really does you feel can. like it should be yeah. acknowledged.
2: Yeah, um, it would be. it would be better Maybe, maybe, hey, maybe there'll be a DLC and it'll come into there somewhere. Because, I mean, I yeah. imagine they would gate DLC to be pretty late game. I don't know if it would be as late game as Melina has to have abandoned you either way. Yeah. But it would be interesting if you did that and then rescued her, she could come back in the DLC. Or if you did that and didn't do it specifically just to rescue her, but you were really doing the frenzy flame, she could come and hunt you down, as she promises when you accept it.
1: Yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah. You know, Scholar of the First Sin added a uh, new ending to the game.
0: Mm, it did. I, I, I want the DLC to be, you get through the, the tutorial gravesite, and then you lift yeah. up to that door, and right next to you is a teleport Windowstone stone, Aww, that just says yeah. the DLC.
2: <laughs> Be travel to a far distant land, is what it would say. <laughs> and, you, and,
0: and you cannot return
2: until the DLC <laughs> is completed. <laughs> Boys. Recommended for tarnished of level 60 or higher. Uh,
0: that's what that, no, no, none of that. They don't, they don't get it like that. No, just let
2: them. That's true. Their decision. To go there I mean, that was my Bloodborne visitor. experience. That was my Bloodborne <laughs> DLC experience of what the hell is going on. <laughs> Why
1: did you let me do this at like level 40? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I've had many um, Bloodborne runs that fizzle out because I'm like, I'm just going to speed run to the DLC in order to get like a cool weapon and then I'm going to play the game with that. And then like, the DLC is just a wall. Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, I think that's more or less it. Does anyone have anything else to add for mountain tops of the giant, fire giant, and castle soul?
0: Um,
1: I I'm a little bit warmer on this than I think. Uh, I may be led on. Like, uh, mm. castle soul, I think is pretty tricky, but I think the the whole mountain side of the the, the mountain tops of the giants is like mm. pretty neat, and it's also not too big. I don't think it overstays its welcome too badly. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. that the game maybe is a little bit too long. I think, like, the the climax feels like it goes on a little bit too long. Um, but I feel that fatigue yeah. more in Missoula than I do mm. here at the, the mountaintop of the Giants. And yeah. the Fire Giant is also just, like, a really cool and striking boss that feels like something that they've mm. done attempts at but never quite executed it. Uh, yeah to
2: this level. Yeah. I, I will say the Fire Giant is one of the few bosses where every single attempt I felt I made definite progress. Yes. Which to me is a sign of pretty good overall design. Like I never felt dispirited after getting smashed by a giant ball. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> compared to some of the some of the other bosses, both in Elden Ring and just in previous titles, where it, it can feel like slamming your head against a wall no matter what you do. Yeah.
0: And, does anything to add? Yes, as far as PharmaZola, uh, which we will get into in a later episode, goes, um, I'm going to make this uh, controversial, potentially controversial uh, opinion. PharmaZola is the shrine of Amada, but with Bible. <laughs> that's a good way to put I it. I can see
1: that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about <laughs> most of That's life. your tease. That's what does he like, you mean? You'll have to wait until next time. Or have played Dark Souls 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh specifically I played Dark Souls 2 at launch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Um it's great. It's yeah. It this is This is the part where the game starts to funnel you down a path to completion, and that's this becomes the least interesting part of the game, because then it becomes less about exploring the world and finding new things and then just completing the thing that ends the narrative. And I love this game's narrative, but the fact that it funnels you so hard down this path to completion is where I'm just like, yeah, there's some cool stuff, but it doesn't feel <laughs> the same when you can just go, mm. like you could lift up that door and you could go to Kaylin if you sit at three <laughs> five, if you sit at three sides of braces, and then yeah. the rest of the game doesn't have that. It is, hey, this is the narrative. Uh, let's wrap. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right can't argue with that
2: well we'll leave it here then uh, we'll finish up with some admin and then we will send off and see you in the next episode uh first things first finding people online adam where can people find you online
1: yeah you can follow me on twitter at adam Bucherry. uh mm-hmm. i also make games and you can find those at boo cherry that's boo like ghost cherry like mm-hmm. fruit dot Io.
0: Excellent, uh, Leonard. How about you and your work? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faustus You can also find me on Twitter at Umbernot Productions. And if you want to uh, subject yourself to my videographer work uh, as an editor, you can uh, search for uh, Dr. Faustus Dead on YouTube and at Umbernot Productions. Uh, and
2: Cameron. what's fun one. Uh you can find me primarily on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh I'm in the last leg of my lead up to my wedding, so it's probably not gonna be massively active for two weeks, and then there's gonna be a bunch of photos of me dressed up all fancy and stuff. <laughs> um so if if you wanna see that, log back in uh on Saturday the seventeenth of September. Probably more like Sunday the 18th. I don't think I'll be doing it, doing any internetting the Saturday night. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to check out what our other host, Dave, is up to, at the moment, I'm pretty sure he's asleep. But you can find him on Twitter at sentinaut underscore plus. Um, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at mon underscore DMonster. If you want to message us with feedback, suggestions, or anything else that strikes your mind, we love to hear from listeners. Uh, all right. Thanks
0: for listening, everyone. And we hope to see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com/slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jolichon's Place, at
0: www.jolichon.place.